0: Episode four hundred and eighty-six of the Constructive Criticism Podcast. I'm your host, Easy, and I'm joined by the coach with the most Riz and the coach with the most Biz. What's up, Sin and Abe? Tips on Riz. Well, as the Rizzler, I'll let you have it because I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need. Well, the... I... you definitely have more Biz. That's true. But I'm not I was going to let you guys riz. find it out. Like I, I knew that this would be a conversation when I said it, but I was. You know, some days, some days I'm re- a really good host, and I like think about the intro beforehand. And I was like, "This one's funny. This this will get this will get the reaction."
1: Uh, yeah, Mason. I do like those blue light glasses, though, Mason.
0: Yeah, what's up? Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you, Ip. These are not the ones you got me.
0: Oh, <gasps> well, this a long you. time
2: ago. You All broke I got my these...
0: glasses. I got you.
2: They, they they were too small for my head. I got these special announcements. Mason's last episode this week. Uh,
1: <laughs> didn't didn't use, Spencer's, didn't, Spencer, didn't use Spencer's glasses? Uh, that, that might be the last we hear, we hear from it. That's...
0: Well, I'm sorry that they broke. I, I tried to buy you some, some nice no, stuff. No, you're good. It
2: was, it was nice. They just were too small for my head was the problem. But I used them a lot, and so they broke.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about the main point of the show. It is always improving. And I don't have, like, a cool segue here. I just learned that I bought Mason something too small for his head. That's an always improving moment on my part. <laughs> uh, I'll go first. I I decided not to play Magic for the most part this week. I, I thought about playing draft and stuff. I have uh, quite a few teammates qualified for Atlanta, um, so you know the most of the Magic that I played was um, kind of thinking about different decks, whether it be um, you know like Gruul or Monogram without Karn. So I did I did try some, a lot of different Gruul lists. Imagining what those lists would look like with smugglers' copter things like that, as I was quite confident that that would be a change that might be coming to, to Pioneer. And but outside of that, I actually just kind of took a step back. Like I had a I had a rough mental health week, and I think sometimes when you're in a spot where one I I've had a rough year in Magic, and like you know I've only been to one RC in the last year. A lot of that has been me just strips, skipping RCQs, just like, I don't have time, I don't have the mental bandwidth to go to these events, Um, you know, and for, specifically for um, Atlanta, I got uh, two second place finishes in a row, um, where I, I, in the finals of one of them, literally called my wife and was like, hey, do I want to go to this event in December of this time frame, like... How will that impact our family? Like, how will that look uh, kind of stuff? And it, it's it been nice to be able to kind of be more of a f- fly on the wall or like a bird or, I don't know, just give my input to people. Um, I, I had some teammates messaging me today like, okay, what does Copter mean for Elf decks? What does Copter mean for other decks and, and stuff like that? So um, kind of just, just taking a step back. Uh, in magic has been really cool for me this week and it's not something that i always do because of this podcast where like i try to be more involved than maybe i need to be considering where my life is at but uh it, it was really nice for me this week that's great i mean not to like jump the order but
2: mine was kind of similar you know i'll get into that later but yeah i think it's really important to like take steps back especially when like we kind of have a you know, ended up being a, a little lame duck week where not much can really happen. Finding the moments where you can fit it in when we do have so many more commitments uh, in regards to Magic is, I think, very important. And so I'm happy to be able to find that time. And I think it is very important to, like, step back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had I had a number of friends who, uh, like, are qualified for Atlanta. And, you know, I'm qualified for Atlanta, too, and I'm going to go and I'm going to play. But already having the PT invite for Chicago means the event is, like, a lot less stressful for me. Um, and a lot, you know, like I'm going to play because I, I want to, and it's going to be enjoyable, and I want to do well. Um, but the same kind of pressure isn't on me uh, as it will be, because I'm, I'm I'm still looking forward to the Pro Tour in the same format, so it's in line for me to still be preparing for this event. But uh, you know, I had a lot of my friends ask me kind of like, well, how should I best use my time now that we kind of know we're in limbo? And I, the answer I gave and, and give a lot is like, you know, you're not going to have many times where the most productive thing you can do is just kind of think and plan. Um and and kind of take a step back and give yourself room to breathe, especially with two weeks or so away from the event. Um, do it, and so I'm I'm glad that's something you've been able to, to enjoy for yourself, Spencer.
0: Yeah, I I like to put a lot of pressure on myself, like when my friends are qualified, and I think that if you've listened to this podcast for a decade, you know, like the amount that I've, of Pro Tour testing that I put in for when my friends were qualified for the Pro Tour, hosting you know 15 people at my house type of stuff, like like. You know, I'm the, I'm the type of person that puts a lot into it. And so this week with, you know, some of my best friends being qualified it was, for the RC, it was like, okay, well, what can we do? And to me, I said, let's do nothing. Like, let's, like, if you want to play standard, play standard. If you think your deck's not impacted and you can get reps on your deck, like, let's do that. I know that uh, one of the players was is a pretty big lover of the meme deck right now it's not actually a meme deck but it is the meme of magic in the form of uh blue white lotus and i hmm. i think that one of the really cool things that that happened this week that maybe we took for granted as a magic community because like as for me and i think Mason you'll probably speak to this too i had people reschedule multiple coaching sessions this week where it was like oh well I now need I now want to reschedule until after the bands so that we can like discuss this and that can be a part of the equation and things like that. And that's fine, but I also think that like it could have been a moment where you focused on like an internal skill. Like a, a thing that you don't always have the time to focus on.
1: What about you, Abe? Yeah, so I mean from the sounds of it from Mason kinda of teasing his uh is always improving. I was kind of in the opposite direction. I used the opportunity of knowing that not a lot of the target things I was going to be working on as far as Pioneer were going to be super useful. Um, with like the unban, especially making it difficult to write. Like they kind of said, uh, you know, read between the lines, appraiser and Karn gone, uh, but outside of that, you know, how impactful the unban was going to be, you know, wh- what were they going to unban? that was kind of up in the air. um and i used it as an opportunity to get to try out some of the uh more powerful ideas that we talked about during the set review, uh namely um splinter fin, the uh the murfolk deck that has like heroes followers and uh the enchantment from the i forgot the name of the enchantment.
2: Deep root, a pilgrimage. Hmm? deep root pilgrimage
1: yeah so the uh the Murfolk deck with deep root Pilgrimage and Kyora's followers is kind of like a hybrid aggro deck with a combo finish and some you know collect companies and stuff in there uh as well as look into decks using um the red god from uh from new set that alongside like some SAC variants with like mayhem devil and only cult anvil kind of like what we see in standard and the black red decks, but to a bigger extent, um, just to kind of explore how those feel and, and like how different they are, or you know, are they better than, uh, the, the lists out there right now, or, or what are the strengths of that? Because, uh, like I said, you know, with the pro tour on the horizon, that information is going to be more useful for me. Um, you know, come two months from now when I'm really, uh, you know, trying to trying to lock in, then a- anything else is going to be compared to you know anything for for the upcoming RC. So, um, really trying to continue to establish breadth and and leave no stone unturned. And so I was able to use this time as kind of a fun uh fun little foray into playing things that were not necessarily the most useful. Like things are probably you know like it would take a lot for me to decide okay I'm going to play Merfolk, the RC kind of on a whim um, when it's this like brand new thing, but if it should promise, putting that on my list of things to work on more intently for uh for the pro tour was definitely definitely in in my radar. So uh, yeah, that's that's how I spent the last last week or so.
0: I love. It. I know that people on my testing team have have actually been trying Mervok before the bands. as like the, the deck just got so much like in such a short amount of time. So
2: yeah, what if spirits and humans had a baby?
0: Yeah, it's it's. I don't. It's it's cool to like get to try a deck that it has all the same problems of like the other decks that like are in that vein, but might have a lot more, like like have an ability to win the game instantly. It has like maybe one of the best cards in the format. I, I every time somebody counters like flashes in what's the the void the void one, and just like counters a non creature. I'm like, why does it do it like that? Like.
1: Oh yeah, the hex collar with uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Especially if you have things going with like um, Kumeno and yeah. uh, and the enchantment, like it just becomes really, really difficult for your. your you just can't I am fine. If you're interested in playing the fish deck, I will say uh, you need to build a sideboard plan that has a way to beat Ledger Shredder. Like that creature is just gets very big very quickly, and I think Smuggler's Copter is also going to be. Uh, a big problem for for the decks. does not do well at punching through medium-sized creatures coming down early. Um, and I think there's just more of that. But overall, it was definitely like just good to feel, feel like I'd put in the time and I know how I feel about it. I think that's something that a lot of times I wish I was able to give more time to and actually having the opportunity of time to it this week was really
0: nice. Mason, for the people watching the early access, you got D's what? Uh, I, I was just, uh, I basically took the time
2: um, this week to kind of do like a mixture of what y'all talked about where definitely didn't just play any or whatever. Um it was just like, hey, like this is, I don't know what's going to happen. The unban informs things a lot to the point that like, I'm not going to really play anything because I have kind of did what Abe was talking about a little bit earlier, you know what I mean? So I've been kind of getting that ball rolling. So I felt like I'd done that homework. So I spent a lot of time doing two things that I would normally practicing. One was just like, while I'm at the gym, like, you know, having my deck building app out, out on my phone and building random decks, you know. I, I think I showed one to uh Abe because I know Spencer hates the Raymond Inspector, but like blue white flash, you know, like I built that the other day and like now not, Copter's back, Abe, we can do it. But you know, it's like uh you know the bigger problems is the rest of the cards. But like like working on that kind of stuff, where it's like, okay, what does that look like? All right, what does green look like? Okay, what does Gruel look like? Okay, like if they unban Nexus, what does that look like? Okay, if they unban Lane Line, if they unban copter, kind of like going through a bunch of things like, okay, what cards get better if Copper gets Unbam? Like, uh, Empty, I believe is how you say its name. Like, those sort of cards. Like, okay, what can we do? And then just relaxing, you know? So it's like, hey, I'm still putting some time forward. I'm thinking about a lot of theoreticals, kind of getting, um, I just grabbed it to one person. I was like, I got a bunch of things, like, on the stove and, like, preheating. And when Monday comes, I'm going to, like, get in there and do it. And the other thing was I kind of told myself, like, hey, you're going to take the next couple days off for the most part. And, like, you know, yesterday I just, like, barely did anything. I, like, you know, played some games with some friends. I watched The Righteous Gemstones. I just did nothing. And it was, like, okay, because tomorrow through Wednesday you're going to play, like, nonstop Magic. So you can start thinking about stuff again on Thursday. You know, and that is, like, what I've been doing. I've coached all day today and played Magic every chance I could between it. And then after this I'm going to jam Magic till I go to bed. So, like, you know, I think my was improving moment was sort of trying to use my hand efficiently while also trying to basically take a break without completely... Giving uh, up the time that makes sense, so which is hard. I think it's hard to oscillate personally between those two things.
0: It, it's so funny because it's actually kind of hard to take a break from Magic. Like I said that I did it this week, and then I mentioned like, you know, I, I probably put in like twenty plus games with like rule and binary, right? Mm-hmm. But like to me, uh, I if I'm gonna do like quests on Arena or whatever, or I'm gonna like do something. Like I might naturally mm-hmm. just play those games in my downtime,
2: mm-hmm. right?
0: And, and i think that one thing that i actually really loved a comment and i think maybe we might disagree on this, Abe, but like he loved a comment from uh from mikey one of our patrons where he was like yeah i managed to do my daily quest and go to bed i was like well that's like a good way if you're like breaking your your like normal routine to take a break from magic while continuing to play magic if if you're like okay i need to go like draft to get these quests done or i need to go play a deck i wouldn't normally play or things like that that's a good way to like break out of your zone or like your your current thing um and i i don't know mason i i just appreciate that you are honest about like you don't play that much magic right so like mm-hmm. you you being like i don't know like i played like however much you played and that's your break with like thinking about magic more. Oh, I, I played zero magic this week. Oh, you played zero game. magic. Okay. I I
2: played zero magic this week, but I thought about stuff a lot. But like yeah. I I guess that's technically not true. I was in a league when the stream happened. I finished that league up by one more match and then I was just <laughs> done.
0: done. I had to finish it so I could turn my cards. Well, <laughs> and I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna think about stuff. My I, I love just that like, I, I do think mm-hmm. I do think that my point still stands of like yeah, yeah. it's it's really easy to like, we love this game, and I think all of us have probably had times where we played way more magic than we needed to play, and that the, the magic we played later was probably detrimental. Uh, that is going to do it for always improving. Uh, one of the ways that you can participate in always improving, you can head on to the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com. CCMTG. We have an always improving uh channel where you can post your always improving moments, people can talk about them with you. We don't give shout-outs to our newest patrons. We have Andy and Dylan. Thank you so much. Uh, both patrons. part of the uh, Platinum level supporter that means they get access to the Discord. They're in there. They're participating. And it, it means the world when we get this guy, you know, this episode. I mean, everyone means a lot. I know that uh, the Patreon recently gives you free subscriptions where you're, like, you're still showing that you love the show. You're still, uh, you know, showing that you're interested, but... It, it's always really cool to get those, and, and we always shout out those new people. Uh, really quick housekeeping. Um, shout out to our new sponsor, Untappd.gg. If you're an arena player and you don't use this, you're probably spewing, like, interesting value. H- have you used this, Abe? I actually don't know. I know that I know that Mason...
1: I used to use Untapped on my old computer, but I haven't redownloaded it because I don't play as much arena anymore.
0: Sure, yeah. it, it is. It is one of the things that like it's really helpful just as a tool when you're whether you're drafting or whatever you can uh, visualize your outs is is what I like to say to people and like why I recommend the software just in general Um, so there's a link in the show notes where if you download it um, you know we get it we get a kickback and I I highly recommend the software we really appreciate it Uh, it's it's really cool uh, the second that I asked them about the sponsorship, they said yes. It wasn't even, like, a conversation. It was, hey, we we love your product. And they were like, hey, let's do it. So, the software is also free to use, correct? Yeah, and we even get the pick we keep on the free. Like, you don't even have to get the premium for, for no. them to support us. That's a really good point, Mason. Um, just creating De- your account. De- 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 gives, yeah no mason's absolutely right you don't need to use the premium version for us to get the kickback if you've never tried the software if you just download it and create the account we get that kickback but for what it's worth um like if, if you're a drafter and you're listening to this it it is worth it um it's 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 like having like the most premium draft version of arena possible and also, like, they track your stats really well. Like, they give you additional stuff for contractor players. Check it out. The free version. Give it a kickback. I love I love Mason. You're always promoting mentality. I should have said that. I don't know. I'm bad at this. Like, I'm like, hey, this thing is great. Use it. But the truth is, is, like, it's free for you. And it, it really does help the podcast out. So check it out. Yeah, that, that's, that's my sort of thing.
2: It's just, like, it's free. Give it a shot. If you hate it, that's fine. No one says you have to use it forever. Just give it a shot. Click the code and if you don't like it, that's on us. Yell at Ape.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just play two hours of Raid Shadow Legends, yeah. and then once you're done.
2: You
1: no, we we on actually
0: you. only have the sponsorship for the arena version. We could get it for Snap and other stuff, but it is it is only the arena version that we have the sponsorship for. Once the uh, time be. I, I will I will say this too though. Like I I I we we got another sponsorship offer from the same thing that we got a while back of like the the psychic person like messaged us again. And like I I just don't believe in like doing sponsorships of things we don't love. And I legitimately love untapped GG. Like I, I use it all the time. It helps me a ton when I'm looking at like okay is my mana base correct as I'm playing matches like it like what is happening? Like how is how is this number moving? Um you know, what, what do my outs look like? What do my win conditions look like? It is really helpful for me as a deck builder, so check it out.
1: I thought you were going to say you love Psychics. Now this is going to get into an entirely different kind of podcast conversation.
0: No, do you <laughs> not know this backstory about this game?
1: I do. I was just like, wh- oh, where are okay. you? Because where- the way you were saying it, it was like, no. where is he going with this? No. Do we uh, love Psychics uh,
0: now. If you want to listen to the the backstory of this, just listen to the, the Jerry T. podcast when Brian and... <laughs> yeah, from a year ago. Go yeah. find He it that, said that <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yeah, they mess- They messaged us two weeks ago. They were like, "Hey, nice. in case you forgot, uh, all right, the BNR. Uh, what are the announcements that happened?" So last week we got on Monday. The time of the recording, we put this in the show notes that they we were uh, Mason and Abe recorded on Monday, and on Tuesday there was a video that was like, "Hey." Everything that Mason and Abe said doesn't matter. Congratulations. We post our podcast on Wednesday. And Abe, I got to ask, like, how did... I? Actually, I'd love both of you to answer this. How did you guys feel after that? Like, we we joke about it all the time, but... Like, were you sad that you had just done that podcast? Or, like, how how did you feel, Abe?
1: I mean... I wouldn't say that everything we talked about was completely invalidated. We didn't talk about decks that weren't ones that were banned, but everything changing so fast, like, right after, uh, like, recording is just, I don't know, I was glad people still seem receptive to the episode. Um,
0: yeah, it did actually it, really well, for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, you know, obviously, less than I do. We we, we also knew the ban announcement was coming today, right? That was, like, on the calendar, and it seemed like this was, was a lot. And we even talked about it during the episode, saying, like, who knows if this deck is really going to still be around, but the unban uh, that we're going to get to that, that's something I, I wasn't really that, uh, that expecting at all. So
2: yeah, definitely agree. I also think it's just like an improving moment on our part of just like we knew the BNR was going to be today and we just plan our episodes like two months in advance or whatever, but we should just plan around that sort of stuff. I mean, it's fine. Like, like Abe said, there's some stuff that happens. I, you know, I'd rather go that way than wizards not tell everyone Basically, like, I know a lot of people were mad that, like, they dropped, this is happening, wink, wink, we banning appraiser, wink, wink. Um, I much prefer this than not telling people and much people buying appraiser because it's just so clearly broken for the RC or whatever. Like, the thing was just, like, um, like as time went on, I watched more people play it. They was just like, oh, wow, this is, like, super good. Maybe it's not actually broken, but it's, like, clearly incredibly strong and puts a lot of pressure, and people would have bought it. And so I much prefer them do that than more people waste money during the holidays, so
0: yeah i i I think that one i i want to just kind of shout out the people that like continue to listen to the episode either way they really care about our opinions about pioneer whether or not what we say today is going to change that um and then two like um i don't know i i think that i think that announcements of announcements are really weird but i know personally at least one person that uh, it really helped in their financial situation where they were able to sell cards uh, that would have done some stuff. And personally, I made a joke in our Discord and I could have bought Smuggler's Copter when I was pretty sure it was going to be a ban. That would have made me a lot of money. And so, like, the announcement of the announcement, while is a like a meme at this point, it does have its benefits. So, uh, I'm going to get into the announcement now. Um, we're we are not going to cover all the changes. I do. We are constructive criticism, and while we used to cover Popper on the show, we haven't been in a long time. Uh, if we do, we'll probably invite a Popper guest on to like talk about Popper and get Popper more involved. Like I, even though I used to own every Popper deck in MTGO, do not anymore. Like th- we'll we'll get a Popper person to talk about this. Monastery Sphere is banned in that format. I don't have an opinion of that. I don't think that we need to talk about that. We're gonna it start. <laughs> yeah, I, I know people on the popper committee. I know I have friends
2: that played a bunch. It was really good. I'm glad it's banned. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're well, we're gonna start with uh pioneer. So what they said or hinted at was what happened. the uh, Great Creator was banned, and Geological Appraiser is banned. Uh, this is the only form that got it unbanned in the form of Smuggler's Copter, which we hinted at a bunch on the show um, and then modern fury is banned and up the beanstalk is banned so uh kind of a round table we're going to start with pioneer abe what are your thoughts so
1: i really like uh this band i honestly didn't think the karn band was ever going to happen I was like way more convinced for a long time that they would just ban the things that allowed Garden to like go infinite mono green. Um, even though I think the Karn is a really really oppressive card to have in the format, and just yeah, like like this spoke to in the in the uh, announcement Post, like it not only makes it so that artifacts see less play on the whole, it also means that strategies that are otherwise cool get hated at out like a lot quicker, and and it just puts a lot of pressure on the format, especially when the deck playing that card is able to go infinite on its own, or like the Monogreen deck being able to just generate a ton of resources and win the game by way of just having Karn in their deck going the full distance um, makes it a lot less interesting uh, that, that that's the inevitability of the format uh, compared to actually having to find a way to end the game uh, more more traditionally. And so that's really good. And the Appraiser stuff, uh, yeah, we talked about it last week, it, it's just it's too much um it was very much like the experience of playing splinter twin modern except the cards are not nearly as efficient at answering what's going on um and also that's way more resilient because rather than having to have like two kind of bad cards together around a, a rest of a bunch of good cards you just had a whole deck full of these combo pieces and you were just casting single things it was kind of closer to like a balustrade spy deck than uh than anything else and those things have been gone for uh for a long while. So that's kind of my two cents on on Pioneer. Right, like the Smuggler's Copter, I is something I didn't see coming, and I think is going to make the format a lot. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how it pans out. I think it's going to make a lot of decks want to be a lot more aggressive um, to play this really good card, but I think a lot of decks are not going to be able to effectively be more aggressive, um, or it's not going to be good for them to be more aggressive, even though the card slots in well. And that's going to take a little bit of time to figure out uh, again, because so much has changed since Copter was banned initially. Um, but but that card is. Obviously, just uh, a mid-range powerhouse. So,
0: Mason, what are your initial thoughts on Pi- the Pioneer Bands and bands? Yeah, I, um, I mean, the appraiser
2: stuff, I don't think I need to really comment on. I think it's all been said. And I feel like the Karn stuff was good. I thought there was maybe a world where, I mean, it's so weird because of how candid uh, Dan was on the live stream. It's just like, oh, it's going to be Karn. You just don't say those words like that unless it's karn but there's a long time where i was like well maybe they'll leave karn just get rid of Nikthos. But like i know they want to be a part of the format blah 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 and then there's also a moment of me where it's like yeah i mean the pro is coming up things have been a certain way for a long time they said that they're looking at doing potential unbans it doesn't mean they will do an unban now they seem to be kind of doing a philosophy thing so i wasn't even sure if there would be an unban and then i was like well maybe they'll ban other things too if they don't do an unban right like if you just do karn and appraiser i think a lot of players will default, default to certain decks so adding something else i think is a good thing in this moment to kind of keep things fresh and lively uh so i i was surprised and I, yeah, i think smuggler copter is a really strong card i have played some smuggler copter fable decks today and i was joking with my friend daniel that just like uh cards that fall off in the late game no longer exist you know like it's like I just sort of have thoughts like, you know, like I thoughts. these I have elves and there are games where it's just like, yeah, I can play this elf here, but I kind of want to hold it because I want to discard the smuggler copter and just keep rummaging and find my chrome wars or stuff like that. And I think that, um, like Abe said, it's going to be interesting to see exactly how things play out. I think there are going to be things where people are like, oh, this so good copter put in Rakdos and just like kind of take out Bankbuster. But I don't think like I think you need to like build with copter in mind. And I would say the biggest thing is I expect the format to be a lot faster. Uh, I I don't remember who it was. Oh, it was, uh, I was texting Jerry a little today and he was saying like, yeah, I feel like five drops illegal or whatever, you know? And it was just like, yeah, probably some truth in the gray there. Just like things are a lot faster and Smuggler's Copter makes it so you're going to get to your cards, do your game plan more consistently. And like there's a real pressure to have early removal. We've talked for a long time about how like there's a lot of pressure to have an answer to turn one elf. I think that is like compounded um, with Copter. Like, you need to answer this card early. And, you know, Elf Copter, like, one good thing about this uh, Unbain, I think, is that Elf decks benefit a lot from Copter because they crew the Copter well and, like, they give you these fast starts. And I was joking with a friend, like, you've heard of Elf on a shelf. Here's Fable on the table on turn two. And, like, that kind of stuff. Like, there's a lot of different things that are going to going on here. So, I don't know. I, I think the, that's kind of a, I'm kind of all over the place, excuse me. But, I think there's a lot going on. It is hard to process all the things that are different. And I think that, you know, new strategies are opening up. Like Blue, Red, and Soul is a thing that, like, couldn't really survive before. And, like, Mono White Artifacts, kind of like what Spencer was talking about during the preview of LCI, that can be a thing. Like metal or Colossus decks. Like, Karn oppressed a lot of strategies, and Mono Green oppressed a ton of strategies. And there are a bunch of things now that are, like, you couldn't really do that with Mono Green. Where's the worst Mono Green? And now we don't really know, and that's really exciting. So,
0: Yeah, you said, obviously, a lot of things that I wanted to say about Elf, for what it's worth. I, I do, uh, whether it's in our Discord or other places, people are like, Spencer, this obviously impacts, you know, a deck that you're an expert on a lot. And, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that, like, eight Elf decks don't want to draw Elf Slate. Copter lets you crew elf, crew with elf, discard elf. That's busted. And in addition to that, like it also means that like the you know dis the you know sacking your elf to like hunt uh, the the Huntsman's Saga, whatever that one's called, Huntsman's Redemption. Yeah, like the the whole thing got a lot better. And I was a big believer a long time ago in Fable in that deck. Um, I had not tried it today, that's not the list I posted in our Discord, but it was my next step, was like, okay, is is Fable, like, the the other truth, or like, do you just have no bad cards in your matchups, do you just, like, play two roasts in your sideboard for, like, X5s, and, like, stuff like that, and, and things like that. Um, there, there are other decks that benefit too, though, like, I know that, like, Green-White uh, Company Midrange, for example... This might be a huge get for a deck that, like, was the vehicles, like the vehicle company deck. I think they called it for a while. Like that, that deck gets a huge benefit here. And and honestly, like, I I am not a believer that mono green is dead as an archetype. It just has to shift. It just doesn't get to be what what was a very fun and interesting test for the format now has to change. And maybe maybe there gets to be multiple mono green decks now, right? Like there was no reason to play Stompy Green. Right? And now there is a reason to play Stompy Green. But you can probably have mono green ramp Nycthos and Stompy Green now. They can both be decks now. And that wasn't true. I also think that the best deck in my opinion, I didn't get to be on the episode last week, in Phoenix did not get worse with these bands. I actually think that the fact that you need to be able to kill elves, you need to be able to interact on the stack really early. Um, you you also need to be able to generate a lot of advantage. And I agree with Jerry T. I you know I didn't I wasn't a part of that message, but like five drops do be banned. Like you just don't get to do that unless they're in like your ramp, like very specific ramp strategy. So that's kind of my thoughts. Anything else anybody has on my thoughts or on this overall before we move on? I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Pioneer. For which I'm kind of curious what y'all's
2: thoughts are just because I know a lot of listeners are going to be anxious before the RC and like, you know, what time is it? It's like, uh, it's been seven, eight hours, eight hours since the BNR happened. So like your discretion is advised, but like, I'm going to talk a little bit more if y'all want to, just because I'm sure there's a lot of people anxious going to the RC and some like early first impression of other stuff would be interesting. Like, for example, I think Monogreen is good. I built, like, 8 Elves, Steel Leaf Champion, Old Growth Troll, Copter, Monogreen, uh, Vivian, Arcbow. Bow, and that, card, that deck seemed pretty good. Yeah. I wasn't sure I mean, if it vid, was better vid, than the girl
0: stuff. Vivian's but... totally a dope replacement, too. And, mm-hmm. like, we can totally go back to the world where we're, like, playing Cascading uh, Cataracts, or whatever it's called, with... Uh, um... Oh, for like, the ramp one? Yeah, uh, yeah with... What's the Golos? Golos yeah, it's, yeah, that, that, that that'd be the ramp deck, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you were gonna you were just talking about Stompy. That's what
2: I, that was. Vivian Arkbow is the fight one that gives two plus one plus one counters and trample. You're thinking of Vivian Monsters Advocate, which is the
0: no. The I'm the the green green one one that takes creatures out of your sideboard. Oh, that's Arkbow. Okay, yeah, I think I think that that one goes in both decks. Sure, I believe that she is just a fight spell
2: too, right? So, like she's going yeah. strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: just, I'm curious. Like, generally, like just for the listener, yeah, at home, I, I Do you think I, like yeah, I, I, something. New. I'll give I'll give you my order of decks that I would try, like, and what mm-hmm. I'm what I'm proposing to my teammates. I I would start with rule, um, because like I'm me, and like that's the thing that I, I I think copter is like a huge get for rule. For what it's worth, like, I, I... I think it was already one of the best elf decks. It already was doing really well at the RCs. It One of its worst matchups in the Karn... The Karn version of that deck is actually really bad for that deck. I I don't know if, like, there are more Mono green Ramp decks that will be bad matchups. But it means that you get to play, like, less stuff like, uh... Like, uh, a War and stuff like that. Um... The, my next my next deck though would be Phoenix. I actually don't think that Phoenix got worse. Um, I actually think that in a lot of ways, if you think about like the SAC decks that get access to copter now, because as much as like you made you made a comment about like the the black Red, mid range deck getting access to copter, I actually think the SAC decks getting access to copter is way better. And uh, uh, Anvil as Abe mentioned earlier in the show. That card gets way better when Karn's not in the format. Where, like... Yeah. the the So, like, Sack would be my number three. And that, that might be the first three decks that I test. Abe, what about you? I think traditional blue-white
1: is actually just, like, the biggest winner of the whole announcement in terms of positioning. Um, like, I think Temporary Lockdown and uh, Supreme Verdict have gotten, like, the all-time high levels of good. Uh, the biggest issue you're going to have... I think, for that deck and still needs to be solved is finding cards that are efficient answers to a specifically a Copter. Um, but I think, like, the Wandering Emperor can help with that a pretty good bit. Uh, and, and there's other, like, there's ways the deck can shift where you can play, like, more portable holes, even though that's kind of a non-boat with the Lockdowns. I just think that if, like, the the Elf... A few things. One is that if the Elf, um, like, creature decks are all turning more fair instead of having more of these like grindy elements and the format is getting less grindy as a whole because now one of the best cards in the format is uh like an efficient any color 3-3 flyer um that like loots it's actually making it so that shorter games are more of what people are trying to play so you need less to take the game into the stage of the game you want to be in so I think that blue-white is, like, pretty good there. I also think that Rest in Peace is a card that's going to be in, like, a very, very strong position as, like you're saying, Spencer, I think Phoenix um, still holds on really well. Um, doesn't really care either way about uh, about Copter, as long as it's still playing the three damage removal spell shocks, like, still playing Torch the Towers, um, maybe with some ways to, to enable them better, uh, or definitely playing, like, the full set of impulses and playing Lightning Axes it's in uh it's in less danger and then like i think the red black mid-range as it is like i think the best fable copper decks are ones that are going to top out at fable not ones that are kind of using fable to bridge and it's almost like every deck in functionality has access to fable if it wants it in terms of like pressure and card selection like cards that can really snowball a game the rule is just it has to put things into play so i think blue white gets to like be ahead by uniquely being a deck that is able to play some of the best answers to all of the things being incentivized by Smogger's Copter, um is able to play all of the best answers to the things that are going to prey by being one step above Smuggers Copter, like Rule being a little bit bigger of a deck that's gonna like capitalize more running super low to the ground and like Copter being more of its like one of its biggest cards. It's going to have Copter as a way to facilitate playing a mix of like stronger creatures itself um that's a deck that blue white i think is very very strong against and uh like i think the lotus like the other thing is that i think all the lotus field decks any deck putting lotus field into it has gotten substantially worse because now people's sideboards can get much more condensed and a lot more decks especially aggressive decks um can play more copies of the cards they need to to interact with you like more damping spheres can show up um if people are worried about like you know Lotus combo and the occasional Pontorius player or whatever. Why? Why can they do that? Because they can loot away the excess copies.
0: Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay.
1: So, like, playing three to four Damping Spheres isn't, like, if you feel like that's a matchup you just need to care about as an aggro deck, you can lights out it with three to four sideboard slots, whereas before, you kind of had to pick. But you're going to see more of your deck and not worry about the redundant copy effect. And also, if your deck has a faster clock now because of Copter, um, more consistently, like, a Burning Tremessary Copter deck is just going to, like, force those decks to speed up um, in ways they probably can't. So I think there's just a lot of things going on um, that make a lot of the decks that people were thinking about or thought would be safe to be in worse position, as I think any deck that's being aggressive and proactive got much stronger. Um, And I do think that, like, you know, of the decks that were already very good, Blue-White and then probably, like, Rakdos Sacrifice, are the two biggest winners, in my mind, because they already have built in the best answers to what people are going to be trying to do. It's a question of what things will shape up to be over the next week.
0: I just want to add on that I think that Farewell is a pretty huge winner in this, and that you mentioned Blue-White. I think that there, if you're not one main, one side at the very minimum of Farewell in Pioneer, you're probably doing it wrong. It already shuts down multiple strategies um and I, I i'm gonna say this i think that it's like on the short list of, short list of cards that might need to be banned in pioneer in the future i think i think it's actually i know that's a six drop but like it actually might be too good
2: don't play commander it's gonna ruin your life there
0: uh, oh yeah i'm <laughs> sure i'm sure that people already want to abandon commander I, I do mm-hmm. I do think that, like, you know, the the list that I posted, uh, a rule that did, didn't even have tables in it uh, today, of, like, my starting point, like, the reason, like, one of the questions we already got is, like, Spencer, how you land on some of these numbers these cyber cards? There's two Planeswalkers that play alongside Giganta, and the reason that they play alongside, like, is because... They don't get hit by farewell. Like you actually need something to live through farewell to play Gruul uh, against blue-white. So do you okay, have? Also, uh...
1: I the one other thing I wanted to say. Um, sorry, that me think of it in terms of like playing Giganta, just a big green five drop, and also playing through sweepers like that. Is that I think that because the format's getting faster, like I think that, and also you're losing a lot of the like mono green things that were forcing exile effects. That even like feral and sunfall become a little bit worse and like verdict comes a little more necessary. Um, and, and I think that leaves room for like the monogreen decks that are Nickthos decks to, uh, like to like a form of that to still stay the same just about a carn finish but finding some other way to, to use like I think the Cavalier Nickthos engine is like really really good. I think I think that still remains really powerful. I think people are gonna not think about it for a while. but storm the festival plus Cavalier. Uh, plus Nykthos, plus the triple green cards is really, really good. And I think it's going to be tempting for people to move away from, from the exile effects for, for just a little
2: bit. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the Cavalier Nykthos stuff is good. I think Genesis Hydra is also really good. That's a card that we haven't seen play in a while, but like is something along those similar lines. Um, I saw Spike playing some with it earlier today, too. Um, but yeah, so like personally on my three. You know, sort of less. I think Convoke is the deck that I am the highest on at the moment. I think it is very strong, has a low fail rate. Copter helps it a bunch. Um, I'm sure if I want to play like Copters with Anthalia's sort or of, like just as before, I, I don't know exactly, but I, I want to try Copter in that deck. I think that deck is very good and I don't know, just doesn't seem to be appreciated enough. Um, so that's like I'm, kind of I'm a little top.
0: surprised to be honest. I, I don't think the Copter fits into that deck very well. But I would be interested and happy to mm-hmm. be wrong about that. What do you not like about Copter in the deck? Because I, I I don't think it's like an
2: easy, like, oh baby, we're here. But like I'm pretty happy to put it in personally. So I'm curious what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah, so like the thing about the, the so I also am a huge fan of of that deck right now Mm -hmm. um you know they they mentioned like they don't like that people can die before their turn three but like this is actually that can do it um Mm -hmm. I, i my problem with copter and and the reason that i think that we'll be surprised by copter in this format is that you don't you don't have things you want to discard in boros for the most part like like Okay, so, like, you draw one drop, what are you discarding to for, with with your other thing? And maybe it's giving you enough staying power that I'm just wrong, right? Like, where it's like, oh, no, like, it just makes your medium draw so good that it's worth. But every time you, it. Yeah, okay. So, like, but every time you draw it, it makes your best draws worse. Um, Is it worse than Thalia in your best draws? Yeah, That's 100%. Awesome.
2: I... Don't think it's clearly 100% to me. I do think that it is possible that it is true. Thalia
0: just makes your best draws another two drop, right? Whereas this card makes your two drop do not matter. I think your best draws don't involve Thalia. So, okay. Then it doesn't matter either way, right?
2: I, I agree. So, what I'm saying is like, I'm saying like the Thalia spot is in, in the way I've been looking at it, it's kind of like something to help smooth the games out and uh like when things aren't super going well so like what i liked about thalia in the deck was it was harder for your opponent to interact the sweepers were worse you kind of had like a main deck cyborg card right but and the, against the, but uh,
0: thalia contributes to your main game plan where you're like actually convoking yes thalia is a body to
2: convoke um doctor is something you can gleeful which like I think it's not like exactly okay. what I'm playing. No, it, but that's the good point I hadn't
0: thought of, actually.
2: And it also, like, it helps smooth my draw. Like, it lets me, it ups my range of keepable hands because I can, like, I don't need to. one thing I like about the Convoke deck is I think a lot of people think it has no staying power. I think it does because I think it uses its mana pretty well. But, like, you aren't exactly super excited to get to a lot of lands. So I can discard excess lands. I can move to my one drops. Like, I don't know, you have, like, uh, Draven Inspector and, and stuff like that that, like, generate extra pieces of cardboard and cruet. So I think it's, like, pretty reasonable. And I think, like, y'all mentioned a little bit about Dragantha, too, uh, but kind not of mentioned this part yet, of, like, having something to pick up in your games where you're kind of getting picked apart, and then having it be able to loot away is, like, expensive, but if you're flooding out, you're pretty happy to have that, right? And so Thergantha Copter decks are, like, yum to me, but um, I, and um to, to me, for what it's worth, like, it is not clear That like Thalia shouldn't just be in my main deck if I were to play at the RC. Because if I think people think Convoke is strong, they're going to have sideboard cards and they're going to have a lot of early interaction. And Thalia is better at stopping that. But I think Convoke, I think, sorry, the copter in Convoke helps my draw come together and allows me to keep more reasonable hands. And so I kind of have something like two, maybe three copters. That's kind of what I'm
0: thinking. I do think the medium thing that you're talking about is true. I also just want to call out that like I really like and I hope that listeners picked up on that Mason is talking about two cards that are divergent where like, you don't actually get to pay play Thalia and Copter, right? Yeah. Because like they actually are at odds with each other. And so uh, Mason does a really good job here of calling that out.
2: Yeah. Like I was talking to someone earlier and I was like, maybe I could play a Thalia in my main deck. Like if I wanted to like split, but like it is going to Nombo run into each other. And that is of real problem. There's something to be said about having multiple draws, but I think you know, in general, it's probably better just to pick one. Um, and I, you know, I, I think that you kind of do have to pick a lane. I think the idea of having a split there is a little dubious. But yeah, I, I think um, to me, it's just like the deck coming together, and I think is like important. And I think one thing I've really appreciated as I played the deck more and more is just. I can sit there and last a while because I have such strong early starts. It forces my opponent to respect them. If I have them actual really strong starts and they don't get broken up, I win. And if the game stalls out a little bit, it's very easy for me to execute a win from there. that I can just get my stuff together. So having Copta, something that can attack in the air, pick apart my opponent a little bit, make my draw come together, I really appreciate having that in my deck. Um even if it's in low numbers, it might be like, like I said, I'm not wanting four copters. I'm wanting like two to three copters. And, you know, and like very similar to Thalia is like, you know, a three of a lot of the time. Like I might play like two copters and like another giant killer, for example. That's like kind of the stuff I'm thinking about. Anyways, um, that Convoke is high on my list. Um, The green stuff was high, but I think Gruel might be better than green. Just kind of straight up. Um, Just having some of those cyborg cards is really important. I think the Akron War is quite good right now. Um, and I'm just pretty high on that in general. I do think blue eyes is a big winner, but it wouldn't be uh, on my testing list personally, nor would Phoenix. Uh, the only thing with Phoenix, by the way, I think Phoenix is a really, really good deck, and it's probably up there. I am really anxious about bringing Phoenix to the RC when everyone is kind of like, I don't think it's going to take a lot of thought to figure out Phoenix is a huge winner from this. So a bunch of goblins, a bunch of hearses has me scared. Um, similarly, I'm also a little worried about Grease Fang. Uh, but Grease Fang, I would want to test this because Grease Fang got so much recently and hasn't seen a lot of love. So while it's kind of very similar to Phoenix, I think Phoenix is probably better than Fang. I would want to test Fang to make sure that, like, I was right and it is worse than Phoenix. that makes sense, listener. So, but both of those decks, like, you're walking to the RC, you might be want to have go-blank hearses. You might be having a bad time.
0: <laughs> I know this is kind of weird. Do you, remember, you guys remember when Grease Fang played Elf? Like... Way back in the day,
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't.
0: Yeah, there were like a li- there was like a little while where like they were they were playing Elf, and I I wonder if like you have like this this like real mid range version right where like the way you're discarding instead of like playing like the the mill effects or stuff like that, or you could still probably have some of them, but like. Where your one drops are elves? I don't know. That could be a thing.
1: I'd be pretty yeah. interested in seeing what, like, the. They're kind of like the Esper, uh, like, Grease Fang decks with Rafine. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can play, like, an Esper Legends style deck that just has Grease Fang and Parhelion and, like, Sky yeah. Sovereign as its yeah. top end stuff, along with Copters. And then you're able to play, like, Skrelv, um, these other things, like, Protect so, yourself so cool while that. also doing that. And Skrelv and Copter is, is definitely, like, a. A bit of a chocolate peanut butter situation of just one drop I want to have at all stages of the game, but maybe not literally all stages. Or like I want to cast and have do something, that doesn't do anything immediately. Um, yeah. But now you can justify holding on to those and and using them when you have a copter.
2: This this deck has done things by the way before copter. Like there's been esper legends yeah. that plays Grease fang and just you know I think rafine is a really strong card and like we've seen schooner into rafine, copter into rafine is also very good I imagine. But so like see you that know, in I mean we've seen it in standard.
0: Oh, okay. I was like I didn't I didn't see that. That that would have been hot. No. Like that would've been hot tech for me to learn. I, I, yeah, I do want to no. say before we wrap up that I was not giving enough props to only Cole Anvil uh, as a a winner in this for me. Like I actually do think that like decks that care about like random artifacts lying around are are huge winners. Um do you wanna play O'Hare
2: with it by the way? Where you just think in general you think the card's a winner?
0: What card? O'Hare's the red god. Oh, possibly. I I didn't mm-hmm. want to like I didn't want to take away from what Dave said about that. Sure but, sure. Yeah, but, I was just curious what your thoughts were. I don't I haven't I haven't played it or thought about it, but like somebody on my team asked me about Onikult today and I was like, yeah, I mean you literally weren't allowed to play this card before. Like I actually mm-hmm. think that some of the SAC decks, or if not most of them, didn't even play it. Yeah, no, it's awful. You wouldn't play it before. Why would you? Yeah, and now it's like this seems great, right? Like, uh,
2: I am a Oni cult You have to prove it to me, or like I think the card is strong, but you got to prove it that like it is good. Without it's a, a bad hair. thing to say with on a-
0: this podcast, man, you're about to be proven wrong. Mm-hmm. No, that's, I that's think it's strong with hair. Uh. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Modern. So, I'll go first again. Uh, I'm, I'm, I just want to say what I wish Modern would have happened in Modern before I go into this. Uh, I if, if it were up to me, I would have been Beanstalk because I think that they didn't expect Beanstalk to happen the way that Beanstalk happened. And it's just worth, like, okay, like, this was a limited card. It's not supposed to be in this format. We're just going like, to get rid of it. Um. I also would have banned Grief and Bowmaster. And I understand that that's two black cards, and that's a lot of black cards. But that's what I would have done. Uh, So what happened is, we banned Fury and Beanstalk. I think that's reasonable. Um, Fury does a really interesting thing where it hurts... Creature decks in like a real way. Where it's probably unfair how much it hurts creature decks. I don't know that that's going to fix the format. Like the number of memes that I've seen of people being like... Alright, we're a Solitude, Grief, Ephemery deck. Has me actually worried. Like I actually do think that like creature decks are not going to get better from this because of that. Like I, I do think that, that black white deck does a lot of the same things. Except for the deck that I think got a lot of wins out of Yogg uh in the spanning. I I am happy that we are taking measures forward. But I am sad that we are ignoring problems that are maybe bigger than what we banned Abe, what about you?
1: Solitude your days are numbered, we're coming for you I I just I have a lot of um, opinions about this ban, I think um, Out the Beanstalk uh, and to a lesser extent, Fury I mean I guess, it's, it's two pieces of the same thing, Out the Beanstalk is paying for the crimes of Evoke Elementals um, and uh, I guess something had to give there in terms of something having to go. I do not believe that... I don't know. I believe that if you're going to manage the modern format that you need to either accept that there are going to be pitch elementals and therefore the format needs to be balanced in ways that those things are balanced or you need to completely reject them.
0: They need to be admitted Dude, as mistaken. I, and, I just want currently... to agree with you right now because... I I was trying to hold myself back and I didn't know how you two would feel on this podcast, but uh, Abe, go off.
1: Kick. I have been I have been on this since the one ring, effectively, of like, the thing is that the entire format was at this point of stability where you had to fight for incremental cards. Renin Six was the best way to gain any amount of card advantage because you would get to, you'd reliably get to a point you could cast your pitch elementals or you could use cards like Omnath and pull away with the game but you had to accrue a bunch of plus ones as opposed to like what up the beanstalk broke the rule of of saying now all your things are, are zeros or you're going positive and that's just way too powerful um or like what all the one ring decks do which is inevitably use the one ring a few times and then have drawn more cards than like your opponent will draw in the entire game um those things because of the pitch elementals, normally you could have some sort of counterplay to a card like the ring of, I will put pressure on you until you die, right? Like if you play, ever played the scam side of a scam versus one ring matchup or scam versus, you know, I guess mostly one ring matchup being matchup match different, but like the blue, black murktide decks, for example, with the one ring, those decks did not have a ton of ways to just turn cardboard in hand into, into board impact. So they were pretty beatable. Um, the Beanstalk deck really took all of the limiters off that, and now you were just pitching everything that you could to cast spells to keep up with the fact that you were going to draw cards and spend your mana doing that. And now you can spend not mana, but cards, which you know had an abundance, uh, to the point where you were decking yourself uh, to, to interact with things. That is still going to be in play. You will still get interacted with for free. Your games will still feel non-functional, or like you did not have a chance, or you were paying taxes. Your opponent did not have to because of these cards, and like because of the fact it is still going to be possible to just completely bury your opponent in cards by resolving a singular card. Um, the format will st- continue to be something that is heavily, heavily warped around like the One Ring and um, you know early sources of card advantage um i don't think that this meaningfully solves the one toughness tax that the modern format has of orcish bowmasters and renin six i i do not think this accomplishes what wizards wanted it to and i it is very unfortunate because i think that the the modern format is just going to take a long time to recover from this being wrong if it's wrong i could be wrong about what i'm saying and it could be that, um, King you know, and ultimately they could, move, they could move really agilely and decide that, you know, maybe we're wrong about what the problems were. No. Um, I... But all I see is that decks that are going to be problematic, that are going to have, right, decks like Yawgmoth, like you were saying, Spencer, that um, are very good at establishing a lot of material in play are going to be very difficult to answer um, without playing very specific strategies. I think it's going to make it so that decks like that will prey on a lot of the decks that were the premier aggressive decks in an era of having Pitch Elementals. And we're still going to have problems where your game's going to feel like non-games because of things like Solitude and Grief. As for Scam, I do think that Fury being gone means that you probably can't play Red Grief deck anymore. And that's probably good because the whole Grief package plus uh, Fable and uh, Ragavan like the the black white deck is not on the same level of efficiency as that i think that's like going to be something that people are going to discover is even if you try to do that it's not the scam stuff that got you free wins as much as you thought it was it was the fact your deck was a very very good mid-range deck that topped out at fable the mirror breaker or like hard casting fury for value and that was really good um and i don't know i have a lot of thoughts about modern i i can continue on the soapbox forever but i'm gonna, I... I'm gonna let mason uh
0: oh can, I, can if... I go before mason yeah, sure. All right. Only because Mason's like gonna steal all my talking points as he always does. I no, was just kidding.
2: You went before me.
0: How'd I steal them? Oh! I, oh, I, oh! Oh! <laughs> I love it. Kidding. Uh, I I think that one of the things that I really love about what you said David, is like the tax on things. Um, I I have talked to like a lot of people. They were like. If, if there was no Lord of the Rings in Modern, I would have played this format forever. Like, th- th- it was my favorite Modern format ever. Multiple people have said that to me. And it's hard, right? Because it's like... You want innovation in a format like Modern. Like, it can't be the same format forever. But they the I think that there is a real problem when you add Bowmasters to a format with that already has Red and 6. Like that's that's bad. Like that's that's a problem. Uh the other thing is that Modern is Modern I don't even know that Modern was bad right now. Right? Like I I think that scam was too good and Scam was too much of the metagame. But, like, you could beat Scam if you wanted to. Like, it, it wasn't the worst modern format that got bans. Um, I don't know. I, I think that the, the that what you said was right. But also, it, it, there are lots of modern formats that wouldn't have even had a ban.
1: Yeah, I mean, going by the old philosophy that they used to joke about of, like, ban till Jund is good, then ban Jund. It definitely feels like a ban Jund band, except also with Beanstalk being, like, way too broken. I, and and I, the, the fair decks have been too good because of Pitch Elementals for a while. They've been the only things that are really... It's like that. Like, the Urza Saga decks compete with that, I think. But, like, all of the decks have such fair element, elements to them because they get to play Pitch Elementals. Um... That it's, it's kind of I, interesting. I, I
0: hate thing. grief. I think I think that they should have banned grief. So like, you know, I, I said I would talk about it on the podcast and I haven't yet. So before I go to Mason, I, I think it's a mistake not to ban grief. I think that anything that is enabling like limited cards that should not see play in modern to see play in modern. Where like we have the pitch elementals and it's only available because of grief. We should have just banned grief. And I get that fury hurts more decks than grief, but I think that grief hurts more games than fury, if that makes sense. So Mason, go ahead. Yeah, um,
2: lots been said. Um, I guess I'll say what I would have thought of doing, since we, the everyone else talked about it. I probably would have banned. I mean, it depends. Like I, I see it sort of going two ways. And I also kind of like it is hard to differentiate what I know and what I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there are a bunch of things I know, but I need to. nice talk specifically when I talk on like the podcast and stuff. I try very actively to not think about what I know. But so like uh, two years ago when Modern Horizons 2 came out, they did a big BNR update right before Modern Horizons, about six months beforehand, and that's when they banned like Uro, Sanctuary. Uh, so, I mean, spirit guide some other stuff i think that like we could have saw a lot of bands today um like more bands i personally think that i would have banned like grief ring bean um i don't really like banning fury but like i would if like you know i don't know. I, I would depending on what my incentives and my goals were in the in the meeting you know what i mean um and i just don't know what those were it seems to me like this bnr was a lot of like We've got some problems. Like y'all have said, it's not even the worst. Uh, diversity or ha- like health format, whatever. The games just aren't very fun. We need to make the games fun. And the games being fun matters more than anything else, right? Competitive diversity can be really low and the games are really fun. Who really cares, right? If Rock, Paper, Scissors is the most fun game ever, then it's the most fun game ever. Who really cares that there's no Blizzard Spock? You know? Um, that's my personal stance on things. So I think kind of like Abe has said on the podcast a lot. I think he put it really well. The format being balanced on the pitch elementals is where we were. If we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're not going to do it, then let's not. I think it is really weird to have just Fury banned. Um, and I think that solitude is the force of will of modern. And that has been sort of my stance for the last two years or so, is that, you know, um, solitude is better at stabilizing the force of will is legacy, but it is how you like safeguard stuff. It is sort of, the uh floodgate as it were and kind of you have to like pass that barrier and fury i think was really good um and was nice they could kill multiple things but it was not like the only thing keeping stuff down and i don't even think it like needs to go into stronger cards as Ren and six and boatmaster i think things like lava dart i think other cheap interaction spells i think the format getting stronger i you know yawgmoth pushes down people act like yawgmoth is like uh, the good guy and everything, and they're like, Oh, Yogg over here making creature decks fun. And it's like, Do you think Yogg is like the fun guy when it comes to playing your excellence? Like, okay, Meddling Mage is a strong card, Meddling Mage would be good in modern, but that's like the only card. Your human deck isn't good. It is not going to be good. Someone's gonna five out with it, sure. It is very beatable, it hasn't scaled well, and the game has changed so, like. When people tell me, like, oh, well, if they didn't ban Fury, I could play all these creature decks. It's like, would you? Would you play these creature decks? What are you going to be good against? And that's before we even get to Bowmasters and Ren and Six and Lava Dart. And, like, I could go on and on. But, basically, I think the ring is a mistake to not ban. I, I think I think they should have banned the ring today. And I I honestly can't believe that they didn't. And the only thing that makes sense to me is the holiday package. Unironically, that is my hard line stance. I think the ring is a failure in game design. It is a failure in magic, and I cannot believe it is still around. It is an unbelievable magic card, and it blows my mind it is not banned. I I honestly just can't believe that card is still legal.
0: Well, let's go into what we would start with. And I'm going to be honest. We're going to switch it up from the show notes because we're going to go modern verse. Uh, I am playing Tron. uh, at My only... I think it is literally my only Denver RCQ. Uh, it's a 1k plus at our former sponsor, GG Lehigh. Uh, yeah, I, I just think that like, people will not be prepared enough for the ring decks to be as good as they were. I think that the ring decks are going to be better than they think that they will be. I, 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 I'm playing Tron. Uh, where are you starting in modern? Abe? Well...
1: I mean, same as it ever was. No, I, I'm not going to... Mason, Mason's Phantom Hammer, I... I don't know. I think that... Yeah, I mean, the the One Ring is just now the best thing to do. The up-the-beanstalk decks that were pushing out the, uh, like, reason to play One Ring four-color decks or just One Ring Solitude decks in general, those are not around. That flash in the pan is done. But... Uh, yeah, like I said, Mason, the One Ring is an absurd card. Um, as much as I would love to play Hammer, I just do not think it's going to be reasonable to try to compete with decks playing and looping the One Ring um, or using the One Ring plus Solitude to insulate themselves. Uh, I, I think that some form of One Ring, ley line Binding, Blue-White is probably where I would start if I had my one last Denver uh, Denver RCQ today or something that's going to be well-positioned against that, against that, like you're saying, Spencer. Uh, Playing like Tron to try to prey on those decks. But uh yeah, the One Ring is the best card in Modern, um, because Solitude is the actual best card in Modern. And so uh play those things together if you want to win. It we I really it's I do not think we went very far forward um with these they, bands. We
0: did nothing, right? Like that's how I feel. Well,
2: I, I no, I think we tricked people. That that that's what I don't like about the banning. It's like we tricked people. And we're like, here are your toys, and their toys aren't actually fun. Like, I, I don't think like people are going to play these decks, and they're just going to lose.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, so what, where, do you start, where do you start, Mason?
2: I play Blue White Ring. Just like Honor uh, uh, Arc uh Secret layer winning deck that played like two up the Beanstalks. I don't need those Beanstalks, whatever. I play some Interaction Card, play Get Lost, play Preordain. Who cares? Smooth your draw out. Just play strong interactive cards and win play red insects in your blue white deck and make your land drop sure whatever who cares like i i think playing the ring like the ring is clearly the card that goes over everything else in modern if you can interact and protect your one ring you will succeed and i think that is very very good i think there were other winners like i think you know creativity got like a nice shot in the arm i think murktag got a nice shot in the arm i think uh hammer did i think uh Yogg did i think rhinos did but i don't think anyone got as much as ring because the ring deck was like actually not that good versus scam like that's why i didn't play yeah. the ring at that apex 20k is because when i was playing my games i realized wow this card is broken but everyone's built their deck to beat me i'm just going to play expressive iteration and beans because beans is actually unreal broken and i'm going to be fine and I, I felt great. You know, I, I lost the things that like I chose not to like beat or whatever. That's fine. You lose. Who cares? we move on? But like the bow masters being in lower numbers and childrens not being in the format is gonna change things. Like I, I think uh the uh God I what I was saying. the coffers deck might like probably needs to be restructured a little bit because two of its best matchups have changed, like scam is gone. But like, you know, I don't know. Like that shit really good. Did really good. Oh, I
1: do. I do think that coffers might be a big winner too, because I think that was a deck where it was good at playing by the rules of a ring format by being able to play ring and bowmasters and children. And. and yeah, it, it played all these things in the same way that Tron did, but also having like a little bit more removal. I'm just not certain that that's going to matter as much anymore. I think people really, I don't know, especially the thing that scares me. Is that I felt like as a scam player, I was pretty okay at beating the ring blue white decks that were just straight up blue white decks with like, counter spells and stuff. Because my tel- spells were just cheap. I do not know that that's going to be the case anymore. Now that there's a deck that's going to effectively do that, and like if you talk to anyone who plays like Murktide or any of the other Ragavan decks than scam um, that are supposed to be kind of in that operating that space of getting under decks like these, they will tell you they hate playing into one ring decks. It is just not a good matchup, and it is not like what they want to be doing. Um, so I'm I'm pretty fearful for that piece of modern.
0: Our like... Black-
2: Oh, I, I went to say something earlier we kind of getting yeah, a chance to we talked about black white scam spencer i think like there's probably something there but i think it loses a lot of pressure like abe said and i think the truth somewhere lies between what you said or abe's like i think it may be a little too inefficient and you were like i think it's gonna be in the same place like we are gonna have a dominant deck i think like stoneforge solitude grief bow masters interaction that that seems really good is that top of the meta good i'm not sure and losing the plus one plus one nature of the Undying effects in Ephemerate and Double Strike. I'm sorry, in, in the losing the Double Strike, the plus one, plus one counters, and gaining Ephemerate, which just lets you do your thing more and be grindier, I think is overall net good, but it is definitely something where, like, if I wasn't preparing for the RC and I was trying to do something totally new, I'd be like, okay, what does, like, those shell of cards mean together? So, that's something I just really quickly wanted to say.
0: No, I, I totally think that's fair, and, like, I think Ephemerate is just so different than what was happening in Red Black Scam. That we if if that deck is good, we'll learn really fast what what the differences are. Uh, from our Patreon, we got Daniel who says, "What is your stance on bannings? Are the the uh, complaints regarding scam overdone? Might uh, you when know, when might if anything happen in regards to the RC? I mean, I, I put this in here because this happened." But I want to I want to go first here that, I I did not think that 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 Pioneer was ready for a ban. Um. I certainly didn't think it was ready for an unban, and I I think that like. You know the the, it, appraiser might have been necessary like. That, that could have been thing that we needed to happen. But outside of that, like... The Karn band was always... Like, when they said it, I was like... Okay, so like... You don't... You want multiple green decks... With these type of cards. But like... And then you also want artifact decks to exist. That... You, or, or decks that use a lot of artifacts or, or game pieces to exist... I I I don't know that like Pioneer needed this, but I think that people will be happy after the RC happens that it did happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, you know, kind of to echo a bit of that. Something I think that the the geomancer ban had to happen for Pioneer. I think the upbeat up upbeat stock ban probably had to happen for Modern. Um, I feel really good about the Karn ban for the longevity of pioneer and i don't feel that great about the fear ban for uh like how long it makes a difference in modern but i think a big piece of that is that i think a lot of people very much misallocated what the problems with modern are or were and i think that the scam deck a product of just a, a multi-layered issue like i was speaking to in the in the main portion of the show i think people's complaints about scam were they made sense to complain about because that's the deck that you're playing against the most and it is the best deck um, and it's frustrating to lose and, and playing games, that the games that suck really suck where you just like don't get to do anything, you die to getting like scam griefed are bad but I did feel like having played scam and played against scam a good bit, the games were still dynamic and, and fun in the way that like your best deck being a mid-range deck can be fun where at least the way the games are ending are like happening through combat and stuff and resource advantages they just have a chance to kind of start three steps ahead of you um and as far as the timing of it personally i, I was actually having this conversation with uh with jarvis um right before he wound up winning his rcq um over the weekends he still wasn't qualified for denver very late in the season but he was talking about oh you know maybe we have to use atlanta as my opportunity to qualify i think it's really fun personally to see the format shaken up this close to a large event especially when uh like it's been a format like pioneer which has felt kind of stale for for a long while to some people and uh it's a good opportunity to see a format under pressure have problems solved uh and I I'm I'm looking forward to that and I think that you know it's it's unfortunate for people who were hoping to just be able to play their their standby deck and there's always going to be that amount of friction and loss but i think in terms of what it does for the game and moving the format forward um i think that timing it towards the rc is uh is is a good thing i think for people who want to start playing pioneer casually or like want to play at their lgs level who aren't rc players it's a net positive uh for like a lot of people across the board it lifts it lifts ships a lot to see those decks get a chance to even be highlighted the new decks of of a new dawn of of an era pioneer where things have changed um for people to see those decks succeed and then get a chance to you know buy in and play those
2: so yeah i think um i don't know i I echo a lot of what was said one thing i wanted to say earlier that spitzer kind of hit on that i I forgot because kind of got going we're trying to move through things here but like we are the only card game that does efficient and i mean efficient discard like, if you look at other card games, they've all decided it's unfun. Like, they don't do it basically at all. And there are exceptions that prove the rule. Um, but they don't really allow for efficient targeted discard. And grief is that. So, like, when I talked a little bit about, like, the banning being more about the for fun thing than, and, like, maybe even, like, overall health. Like, that's kind of what I mean. Like, to the Spencer's point my grief, it's, like, super unfun for you to sit down and you're taking mulligan, or whatever, because you're supposed to mulligan because your first hand wasn't very good. And I go, evoke, oh, uh, uh, take your two cards, you're dead. Like I don't know. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad they did a banning, and that's uh, I wish they had like done that. I'm hopeful that the lack of pressure without fury and the undying stuff will change it, and that the bean stuff removes it. But like Abe said, like I think scam was a byproduct of like you need to be brutally efficient where you cannot beat the one ring and uh, beans but here we are, whatever. Um, As for Pioneer, I'll say it. Abe, you probably agree with me. It sucks, we can't just pick up the green deck. I mean, Spencer too, all of us, we can't just pick up the green deck and win a tournament anymore. It sucked. I didn't change that deck for like a year and a half and it won me like $5,000. Like now I have to learn a new deck? That sucks. I just wanna play the same deck forever and just win a bunch. So, you know, besides that though, I think overall the banning of Appraiser was probably overall net good. I think Banning Karn is cool. I think that card probably needed to go. I like, I also, we didn't really mention it, but they said we're gonna kind of have like a step towards curating the format more going forward. It seems to be not to the level that we had when we first had Pioneer, but definitely more than once every year. You know, they kind of basically even said that like, hey, last time we changed this was in June 2022. We're not really happy with that. Going forward, expect more hands-on approaches approach excuse me so i'm excited for that I, I think that is a fine way to do things just as long as you tell players and they have so now players know like hey you buy the pioneer it might be a little more volatile now you know you know um so i think that's fine and i'm really excited by it and I- i'm excited to see what it shakes up and like you know hopefully i'll be testing with abe for the pro tour but if not i'm really excited to see like what does the murder at carloff manor mean if it's like there's no car you know and like and we get a whole new set like what are all the cool things that are going to happen there so Know, i'm excited it's
0: cool if you want to join the conversation heading over to the patreon discord that just means being you know, a patron up five dollars or more that's patreon.com slash you can join the public discord for he's and media over on in the show notes whether it, you know you'll you'll find it uh you know youtube comments are a great way to join the show uh we've been having some really good ones lately and, and honestly, like, YouTube is, like, kind of popping off for us. It's been really great, and we really appreciate it. But when you leave those comments, we, you know, just as much as, like, you know, just loving Abe as much as somebody has done that or, you know, whatever it is, it actually helps the show a ton, so do that. Uh, then we are on X at uh, CCMTG. Uh, we we retrieve people that are doing stuff. And also, like, man, the number of people that said that, like, we were their top podcast on their Spotify this year. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, that's going to do it. Like, subscribe, review, comment. That's the best way to do it. Uh, Abe, what'd you learn this week?
1: Uh, I. This is not special learning, but something I was thinking about um, in regards to the conversation that was had about Smuggler's Copter and Thalia. And I think that that's going to be settled by kind of a debate where, you know, is the strength of Convoke that it's resilient or is the strength of Convoke it's plan A? Because I think that personally I'm a believer in it's plan A being the most important thing. And I think it's going to be a deck that is naturally built to be able to support Copter, but maybe not necessarily be the best fit for it. And I think Thalia is better at making it so that your Convoke draws are as good as they can be, because setting your opponent a turn behind on answering the the speed at which you deploy things is, is good. So it's going to be interesting to see like kind of that me think about like the, the distinction that's gonna happen between decks that are copter decks that are aggressive and not um and, and what what synergy is gonna matter more. So that's that's what I learned and thought about this week.
0: I learned that uh, Voice of resurgence might be underrated. We didn't talk about that card for one single second. I think it could be a player. What about you, Mason?
2: Uh I think the biggest thing that was taken away was to think about maybe farewell more because Clearly, we heard like dissenting opinions today, and like extremely polar camps. So there's probably like most things in life, the truth is kind of in the middle. And I'm curious to know sort of what farewell looks like in the like the metagame. Like, where where am I? What am I supposed to be thinking about with that card? Is it like the truth? Is it bad? Like, what was what am I supposed to be doing? Because it is an incredibly punishing card.
0: That's gonna do it for this week. Leave a comment. Leave a like. Let us know. Thank you so much. We got the Riz, we got the Biz, and we got the He's. See you all next week with another episode of Constructed.